Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's 5 o'clock in Greenville, South Carolina. It's 2 p.m. in Spokane, Washington, and we start off with breaking news. Joe Biden expected to announce all employers with 100 or more employees must mandate the China virus vaccine or require weekly testing. He's expected to deliver his remarks in just a few moments. Mr. Biden has been desperate to knock his Afghanistan debacle off the front page. An unconstitutional vaccine mandate from the federal government is certainly a way to do just that. When Mr. Biden begins yammering, we'll bring it to you live. Welcome to the Chris Nelsado Show, folks. And let me just start by saying this is troubling. The Chris Nelsado Show staff, upon hearing and getting an advanced preview of what uh, Mr. Biden might say and might want to do, we thought there was a, definitely a mandate coming down the line for federal employees. We thought there was an expanded mandate for those under Mr. Biden's direct supervision. What we did not anticipate and what I cannot fathom as a free American citizen is that the man who occupies the Oval Office will be stepping in front of the camera shortly and is expected to mandate for everyday citizens, whether you want a jab, whether you want the vaccine or not, is going to mandate that you take this vaccine, a brand new vaccine that only came out at the beginning of the year. I can't fathom it. I can't contemplate what would motivate Mr. Biden. And I have to say that the reason why this country is now subject to this, the reason why we're having debates about mask mandates, the reason why we're having debates about vaccine mandates, while we're having debates about our own medical choices is because of what's going on at the border. Here's Biden. Talk about where we are in the battle against COVID-19 the progress we've made and the work we have left to do. And it starts with understanding this. Even as the Delta variant 19 has, COVID-19 has been hitting this country hard, we have the tools to combat the virus. If we can come together as a country and use those tools, if we raise our vaccination rate, protect ourselves and others with masking, expanded testing, and identify people who are infected, we can and we will turn the tide on COVID-19. It'll take a lot of hard work. And it's going to take some time. Many of us are frustrated with the nearly 80 million Americans who are still not vaccinated, even though the vaccine is safe, effective, and free. You might be confused about what is true and what is false about COVID-19. So before I outline the new steps to fight COVID-19 that I'm going to be announcing tonight, let me give you some clear information about where we stand. First, we have we've made considerable progress in battling COVID-19. When I became president, about 2 million Americans were fully vaccinated. Today, over 175 million Americans have that protection. Before I took office, we hadn't ordered enough vaccine for every American. Just weeks in office, we did. The week before I took office on January 20th of this year, over 25,000 Americans died that week from COVID-19. Last week, that grim weekly toll was down 70%. And then three months before I took office, our economy was faltering, creating just 50,000 jobs a month. We're now averaging 700,000 new jobs a month in the past three months. This progress is real. But while America is much better shape than it was seven months ago when I took office, I need to tell you a second fact. We're in the tough stretch, and it could last for a while. Highly contagious Delta variant that I began to warn America about back in July spread late summer like it did in other countries before us. 
While the vaccines provide strong protection for the vaccinated, we read about and hear about and we see the stories of hospitalized people, people on their deathbeds among the unvaccinated over the past few weeks. This is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And it's caused by the fact that despite America having unprecedented and successful vaccination program, despite the fact that for almost five months, free vaccines have been available in 80,000 different locations, we still have nearly 80 million Americans who have failed to get the shot. And to make matters worse, there are elected officials actively working to undermine the fight against COVID-19. Instead of encouraging people to get vaccinated and mask up, they're ordering mobile morgues for the unvaccinated dying from COVID in their communities. This is totally unacceptable. Third, if you wonder how all this adds up, here's the math. The vast majority of Americans are doing the right thing. Nearly three-quarters of the eligible have gotten at least one shot. But one quarter has not gotten any. That's nearly 80 million Americans not vaccinated. And a country as large as ours, that's 25 percent minority. That 25 percent can cause a lot of damage, and they are. The unvaccinated overcrowd our hospitals or overrunning emergency rooms and intensive care units leaving no room for someone with a heart attack or pancreatitis or cancer. And fourth, I want to emphasize that the vaccines provide very strong protection from severe illness from COVID-19. I know there's a lot of confusion and misinformation, but the world's leading scientists confirm that if you are fully vaccinated, your risk of severe illness from COVID-19 is very low. In fact, based on available data from the summer, only one out of every 160,000 fully vaccinated Americans was hospitalized for COVID per day. These are the facts. So here's where we stand. The path ahead, even with the Delta variant, is not nearly as bad as last winter. But what makes it incredibly more frustrating is that we have the tools to combat COVID-19 and a distinct minority of Americans, supported by a distinct minority of elected officials, are keeping us from turning the corner. These pandemic politics, as I refer to, are, are, make, are making people sick, causing unvaccinated people to die. We cannot allow these actions to stand in the way of protecting the large majority of Americans who have done their part and want to get back to life as normal. As your president, I'm announcing tonight a new plan to require more Americans to be vaccinated to combat those blocking public health. My plan also increases testing, protects our economy, and will make our kids safer in schools. It consists of six broad areas of action and many specific measures in each, that, in each of those actions you can read more about in whitehouse.gov whitehouse.gov. The measures, these are going to take time to have full impact. But if we implement them, I believe and the scientists indicate that the months ahead, we can reduce the number of unvaccinated Americans, decrease hospitalizations and deaths, and allow our children to go to school safely and keep our economy strong by keeping businesses open. First, we must increase vaccinations among the unvaccinated with new vaccination requirements. Of the nearly 80 million eligible Americans who have not gotten vaccinated, many said they were waiting for approval from the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA. Well, last month, the FDA granted that approval. So the time for waiting is over. This summer, we made progress through the combination of vaccine requirements and incentives, as well as the FDA approval. Four million more people got their first shot in August than they did in July. But we need to do more. This is not about freedom or personal choice. It's about protecting yourself and those around you. 
the people you work with, the people you care about, the people you love. My job as president is to protect all Americans. So tonight, I'm announcing that the Department of Labor is developing an emergency rule to require all employers with 100 or more employees that together employ over 80 million workers to ensure their workforces are fully vaccinated or show a negative test at least once a week. Some of the biggest companies are already requiring this. United Airlines, Disney, Tyson's Food, and even Fox News. The bottom line, we're going to protect vaccinated workers from unvaccinated co-workers. We're going to reduce the spread of COVID-19 by increasing the share of the workforce that is vaccinated in businesses all across America. My plan will extend the vaccination requirements that I previously issued in the healthcare field. Already, I've announced we'll be requiring vaccinations at all nursing home workers who treat patients on Medicare and Medicaid because I have that federal authority. Tonight, I'm using that same authority to expand that to cover those who work in hospitals, home health care facilities, or other medical facilities. A total of 17 million health care workers. If you're seeking care at a health facility, you should be able to know that the people treating you are vaccinated. Simple, straightforward, period. Next, I will sign an executive order that will now require all executive branch federal employees to be vaccinated, all. And I've signed another executive order that will require federal contractors to do the same. If you want to work with the federal government and do business with us, get vaccinated. If you want to do business with the federal government, vaccinate your workforce. And tonight, I'm removing one of the last remaining obstacles that make it difficult for you to get vaccinated. The Department of Labor will require employers with 100 or more workers to give those workers paid time off to get vaccinated. No one should lose pay in order to get vaccinated or take a loved one to get vaccinated. Today, in total, the vaccine requirements in my plan will affect about 100 million Americans, two-thirds of all workers. And for other sectors, I issue this appeal to those of you running large entertainment venues, from sports arenas to concert venues to movie theaters, please require folks to get vaccinated or show a negative test as a condition of entry. And to the nation's family physicians, pediatricians, GPs, general practitioners, you're the most trusted medical voice to your patients. You may be the one person who can get someone to change their mind about being vaccinated. Tonight, I'm asking each of you to reach out to your unvaccinated patients over the next two weeks and make a personal appeal to them to get the shot. America needs your personal involvement in this critical effort. My message to unvaccinated Americans is this. What more is there to wait for? What more do you need to see? We've made vaccinations free, safe, and convenient. The vaccine is FDA approval. Over 200 million Americans have gotten at least one shot. We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin, and your refusal has cost all of us. So please, do the right thing. But just don't take it from me. Listen to the voices of unvaccinated Americans who are lying in hospital beds, taking their final breath, saying, if only I'd gotten vaccinated. If only. It's a tragedy. Please don't let it become yours. The second piece of my plan is continuing to protect the vaccinated. For the vast majority of you who have gotten vaccinated, I understand your anger at those who haven't gotten vaccinated. I understand the anxiety about getting a breakthrough case. But as the science makes clear, if you're fully vaccinated, you're highly protected 
from severe illness, even if you get COVID-19. In fact, recent data indicates there is only one confirmed positive case per 5,000 fully vaccinated Americans per day. You're as safe as possible, and we're doing everything we can to keep it that way, keep it that way, keep you safe. That's where boosters come in. The shots that give you even more protection than after your second shot. Now, I know there's been some confusion about boosters, so let me be clear. Last month, our top government doctors announced an initial plan for booster shots for vaccinated Americans. They believe that the booster is likely to provide the highest level of protection yet. Of course, the decision of which booster shots to give, when to start them, and who will give them will be left completely to the scientists at the FDA and the Centers for Disease Control. But while we wait, we've done our part. We bought enough boosters, enough booster shots, and the distribution system is ready to administer them. As soon as they are authorized, those eligible will be able to get a booster right away in tens of thousands of sites across the, sites across the country for most Americans, at your nearby drugstore, and for free. The third piece of my plan is keeping, and maybe the most important, is keeping our children safe and our schools open. For any parent, it doesn't matter how low the risk of any illness or accident is when it comes to your child or grandchild. Trust me, I know. So, let me speak to you directly. Let me speak to you directly to help ease some of your worries. It comes down to two separate categories. Children ages 12 and older who are eligible for a vaccine now, and children ages 11 and under who are not yet eligible. The safest thing for your child 12 and older is to get them vaccinated. They get vaccinated for a lot of things. That's it, get them vaccinated. As with adults, almost all the serious COVID-19 cases we're seeing among adolescents are in unvaccinated 12 to 17-year-olds, an age group that lags behind in vaccination rates. So parents, please get your teenager vaccinated. What about children under the age of 12 who can't get vaccinated yet? Well, the best way for a parent to protect their child under the age of 12 starts at home. Every parent, every teen sibling, every caregiver around them should be vaccinated. Children have four times higher chance of getting hospitalized if they live in a state with low vaccination rates rather than states with high vaccination rates. Now, if you're a parent of a young child, you're wondering when will it be, when will it be the vaccine available for them? I strongly support independent scientific review for vaccine uses for children under 12. We can't take shortcuts with that scientific work. But I've made it clear I will do everything within my power to support the FDA with any resource it needs to continue to do this as safely and as quickly as possible. And our nation's top doctors are committed to keeping the public at large updated on the process so parents can plan. Now to the schools. We know that if schools follow the science and implement the safety measures like testing, masking, adequate ventilation systems which we provided the money for, social distancing, and vaccinations, then children can be safe from COVID-19 in schools. Today, about 90% of school staffs and teachers are vaccinated. We should get that to 100%. My administration has already acquired teachers at the schools run by the Defense Department because I have the authority as president of the federal system, the Defense Department and the Interior Department to get vaccinated. That's authority I possess. Tonight, I'm announcing that we require all of nearly 300,000 educators in the federal head paid program, Head Start programs, must be vaccinated as well to protect your youngest our youngest, most precious Americans, and give parents the comfort. And tonight, 
I'm calling on all governors to require vaccination for all teachers and staff. Some already have done so, but we need more to step up. Vaccination requirements in schools are nothing new. They work. They're overwhelmingly supported by educators and their unions. And all school officials trying to do the right thing by our children. I'll always be on your side. Let me be blunt. My plan also takes on elected officials and states that are undermining you and these life-saving actions. Right now, local school officials are trying to keep children safe in a pandemic while their governor picks a fight with them and even threatens their salaries or their jobs. Talk about bullying in schools. If they'll not help, if these governors won't help us beat the pandemic, I'll use my power as president to get them out of the way. The Department of Education has already begun to take legal action against states undermining protection that local school officials have ordered. Any teacher or school official whose pay is withheld for doing the right thing, we will have that pay restored by the federal government 100%. I promise you, I will have your back. The fourth piece of my plan is increasing testing and masking. From the start, America has failed to do enough COVID-19 testing. In order to better detect and control the Delta variant, I'm taking steps tonight to make testing more available, more affordable, and more convenient. I'll use the Defense Production Act to increase production of rapid tests including those that you can use at home. While that production is ramping up, my administration has worked with top retailers like Walmart, Amazon, and Kroger's. And tonight, we're announcing that no later than next week, each of these outlets will start to sell at-home rapid test kits at cost for the next three months. This immediate price reduction for at-home test kits for up to 35% reduction. We'll also expand, expand free testing at 10,000 pharmacies around the country. And we'll commit, we're committing $2 billion to purchase nearly 300 million rapid tests for distribution to community health centers, food banks, schools, so that every American, no matter their income, can access free and convenient tests this is important to everyone, particularly for a parent or a child with a child not old enough to be vaccinated. You'll be able to test them at home and test those around them. In addition to testing, we know masking helps stop the spread of COVID-19. That's why when I came into office, I required masks for all federal buildings and on federal lands, on airlines and other modes of transportation. Today, tonight, I'm announcing that the Transportation Safety Administration, the TSA, will double the fines on travelers that refuse to mask. If you break the rules, be prepared to pay. And by the way, show some respect. The anger you see on television toward flight attendants and others doing their job is wrong, it's ugly. The fifth piece of my plan is protecting our economic recovery. Because of our vaccination program and the American Rescue Plan, which we passed early in my administration, we've had record job creation for a new administration. Economic growth unmatched in 40 years. We cannot let unvaccinated do this progress, undo it, turn it back. So tonight, I'm announcing additional steps to strengthen our economic recovery. We'll be expanding COVID-19 economic injury disaster loan programs. That's a program that's going to allow small businesses to borrow up to $2 million from the current 500000 to keep going if COVID-19 impacts on their sales. These low-interest long-term loans require no repayment for two years and we can use to hire and retain workers, purchase inventory, 
or even pay down higher cost debt racked up since the pandemic began. I'll also be taking additional steps to help small businesses stay afloat during the pandemic. Sixth, we're going to continue to improve the care of those who do get COVID-19. In early July, I announced the deployment of surge response teams. These are teams comprised of experts from the Department of Health and Human Services, the CDC, the Defense Department, and the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, to areas in the country that need help to stem the spread of COVID-19. Since then, the federal government has deployed nearly 1,000 staff, including doctors, nurses, paramedics, into 18 states. Today, I'm announcing that the Defense Department will double the number of military health teams that they'll deploy to help their fellow Americans in hospitals around the country. Additionally, we're increasing the availability of new medicines recommended by real doctors, not conspiracy theorists. The monoclonal antibody treatments have been shown to reduce the risk of hospitalization by up to 70% for unvaccinated people at risk of developing severe disease. We've already distributed 1.4 million courses of these treatments to save lives and reduce the strain on hospitals. Tonight, I'm announcing we will increase the average pace of shipment across the country of free monoclonal antibody treatments by another 50%. Before I close, let me say this. Communities of color are disproportionately impacted by this virus. And as we continue to battle COVID-19, we will ensure that equity continues to be at the center of our response. We'll ensure that everyone is reached. My first responsibility as president is to protect the American people and make sure we have enough vaccine for every American, including enough boosters for every American who's approved to get one. We also know this virus transcends borders. That's why even as we execute this plan at home, we need to continue fighting the virus overseas, continue to be the arsenal of vaccines. We're proud to have donated nearly 140 million vaccines over 90 countries, more than all other countries combined, including Europe, China, and Russia combined. That's American leadership on a global stage. And that's just the beginning. We've also now started to ship another 500 million COVID vaccines, Pfizer vaccines, purchased to donate to 100 lower-income countries in need of vaccines. And I'll be announcing additional steps to help the rest of the world later this month. As I recently released uh, the key parts of my pandemic preparedness plan so that America isn't caught flat-footed with a new pandemic comes again, as it will. Next month, I'm also going to release a plan in greater detail. So let me close with this. We have so, we've made so much progress during the past seven months of this pandemic. The recent increases in vaccinations in August already are having an impact in some states where case counts are dropping in recent days. Even so, we remain at a critical moment, a critical time. We have the tools. Now we just have to finish the job with truth, with science, with confidence. And together, as one nation, look, we're the United States of America. There's nothing, not a single thing we're unable to do if we do it together. So let's stay together. God bless you all and all those who continue to serve on the front lines of this pandemic. And may God protect our troops. Get vaccinated. In his net, what's become his trademark, creepy, whispery voice. Joe Biden, if we were going to give a, um, a summary, and I'm going to go through what we just heard, if I was going to give a summary to what we just heard, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, Mr. Biden is not at fault for anything that is befalling this country. It's all your fault. 
It's all the unvaccinated folks out there. Uh, that was one message. The other message was mandate, 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 and government power over your life. Your health care decisions are no longer yours. Mr. Biden made sure of that. He's talking about mandating vaccines. Where does it stop? We are now under the under the grip of a renewed pandemic because Mr. Biden has lost control of the China virus because he has opened up our southern border in one town in Texas, in McAllen, Texas, in one week, 1,650 illegal aliens were allowed into this country, many of them carrying the dreaded Delta variant into the United States. And we're supposed to just say, oh, that has no impact. As other countries that are poorly vaccinated out there, ladies and gentlemen, continue to see this, this virus mutate, because that's what viruses do, they mutate. They are allowed to come in across our poorest southern border at virtually at will. And Mr. Biden says, because I want to continue my unconstitutional and illegal immigration process, that means you Americans have to give up your rights, your autonomy over your medical decisions. And that's precisely what we heard tonight. Mr. Biden declared without comprehensive data, we do not have one, three, five, or 10-year studies on any of the China virus vaccines. But Mr. Biden, the occupier of the Oval Office tonight, declared these vaccines are safe, effective, and free. Well, he was right definitively at one thing. It's, well, actually, he wasn't even right about free. It may be free to you, but the American taxpayers have paid an arm and a leg to Big Pharma for these vaccines. He has, uh, the big breaking news was the mandate. If your company employs over 100 people, they are going to be mandated to make sure you either get a vaccine or you're going to have to jump through a hoop to make sure you are tested every single week. Remember, Mr. Biden opens up the borders, violates our laws, and you have to pay the price. You have to go ahead and get a test. You have to get a, a, a jab in the arm from one vaccine that has been FDA approved. He said the vaccines have been FDA, FDA approved. Not all of them have been. There, most of them, the majority of our vaccines are still under emergency use authorization as of tonight. Uh, he also mentioned several companies out there that are mandating the vaccines already. He mentioned, oddly enough, Fox News, Fox News out there right along in line with what Joe Biden is doing as far as these mandates for vaccines are concerned. He also mentioned boosters, ladies and gentlemen. These boosters, will the boosters fall under his mandates? What about the boosters for the boosters? What about when we need another booster after that booster? Will he be able to, how, where does this government authority that Mr. Biden has manufactured out of thin air, where does this government authority come from? And what will be next? The flu vaccine, will that be mandated? Remember, the flu is a virus just like the China virus. It mutates just like the China virus does. Mr. Biden has made a play here, folks, that I believe is unconstitutional. And by the way, one other thing, he mentioned when it comes to government education systems. If your governor wants to say no mask mandates, no vaccine mandates, Mr. Biden pledged that the federal government will make whole all of you administrators who are violating your governor's orders. In essence, pledging a federal takeover of the education system. Interesting. Uh, we'll have much more on this, folks. We'll evaluate this, but I wanted to give you a brief summary of what we just heard and where we find ourselves in these United States. Mr. Biden successfully knocking his Afghanistan debacle off the front pages with this. Uh, mandates. Chris Salcedo Show will be right back. Stay with us.
Well, for a while they were up. The markets tried and tried again, but couldn't seem to break the losing streak. A fourth day of losses. The Dow finishing the day in the red, down 150 points. And more red for the S&P, ending the day down 20 points. NASDAQ, a record breaker last month, down by 38 points today. First time filings for unemployment claims dropped to 310,000 last week, easily the lowest of the COVID era and a step towards pre-pandemic normal. The Labor Department reported that. That's lower than the expected 335,000. Amazon says it will pay college tuition for over 750,000 of its frontline employees in an effort to attract and retain workers in a tight domestic labor market. The e-commerce giant will spend about $1.2 billion in the next four years on its employees, funding full college tuition and high school diplomas. Maybe they should pay some taxes too. And finally, it's Facebook for your face. The social media giant has teamed up with Ray-Ban to make glasses, sunglasses, that you can take photos and record your videos, answer phone calls, and play podcasts. This is creepy, folks. This is really creepy. They're called Ray-Ban Stories, and they're going on sale for $299, $299. That really didn't work well for Google. Remember Google Glasses? But Facebook has found a way to weave cameras into everyday lives and potentially into the hands of stalkers. Yeeks, great idea. Wall Street wrap. Welcome back, folks. A re reaction pouring in right now. We're giving some reaction on the Chris Alcedo show to what we just heard from Joe Biden speaking from the White House, calling this a pandemic of the unvaccinated, which is a factual lie. It is he, he just lied to the American people in an effort to justify a massive power grab. Joining me now, national security analyst, chairwoman of actforamerica.org and author of Rise, Brigitte Gabriel. Also joining us is former Israeli ambassador and chairman of World Likud, Danny Dannon. Welcome to, to both of you. Uh, Brigitte, we'll begin with you. Just a first blush, you. your reaction to what I, I, I can't classify this as any other thing but a federal power grab using the China virus as an excuse. Your reaction? Uh, that's exactly what it is, and they are trying to turn us into a communist dictatorship. Uh, this is unconstitutional, and this should be a wake-up call for the American public to stand up now while they still can and resist, resist, resist. You know, we're going to borrow the term that the left used against President Trump, who was actually protecting our country and doing what is best by Americans for Americans. Right now, we are witnessing tyranny. This cannot happen in America, and now is the time for people to stand up and speak up so we don't become like Australia. Look what's happening in Australia and New Zealand. Speak up now before it's too late. Mr. Ambassador, let me ask you. Uh, I know that Israel is tackling this, and actually Israel is a, is a case study as to what's actually going on with the virus. They have, uh, I think the last I saw, 70% vaccinated of their country, and they're starting to get reinfections over there because of the, the various variants. What is your take on what you just heard from Mr. Biden? So, Chris, uh, as you mentioned, we were the first one to get the population vaccinated. Uh, and we are continuing with the third vaccine with the booster. But it is not mandatory. We are not forcing anyone uh, to get the vaccine. The government tried to encourage the population to come and get vaccinated, try to give incentives. But uh, by all means, it is not uh, mandatory. I don't think the Israeli Supreme Court will allow such a, a thing to happen in our democracy. Brigitte, uh, Mr. Biden said that uh, the China virus impacts communities of color like uh, me or liberty-loving Latino and the black community. However, his open borders allowing thousands upon thousands of illegal aliens to come into the United States infected with the, with the China virus are primarily responsible for this latest surge. Mr. Biden lost control of the pandemic, not because of 80 million Americans, but because he opened up the border to all of these variants that are coming into the United States. Would you speak to his, uh, his trying to make this a racial issue? This 
has nothing to do with race. This has to do with protecting our country and protecting even those uh, who live in border towns. Look, the refugees who are coming in, they are not only bringing with them uh, the Delta virus and the coronavirus. They are bringing tuberculosis. They are bringing measles. They are bringing hepatitis B. Uh, if we saw any example from the refugees we accepted from Syria between 2014 and 2015, the rise of tuberculosis was astronomical. I think it was 65% or 70% were all infected refugees who came into the country. The same thing with measles. I think we had a rise of 300% of measles cases, uh, hepatitis B, all these diseases. So we are importing diseases to infect the American public, diseases that were once eradicated in the United States. And now it is all laying at the hands of President Biden, who are now importing a very dangerous strain, the coronavirus, with the Delta variation or whatever other variation that can come up. And now he is responsible for infecting Americans who are safe, who are protecting themselves, who are getting vaccinated. Look, I'm not against the vaccine. Uh, you know, we all take vaccines. We just want to be careful and make sure that these vaccines are safe for everybody. Right. And that's, that's another fair point. Mr. Biden tried to say these vaccines that were rolled out at the beginning of this year, just like the vaccines that we've all been taking for, for decades. And of course, that is also factually incorrect. The data isn't even close as to the traditional vaccines that we are well acquainted with and these brand spanking new vaccines. Ambassador, I wanted to ask you because Mr. Biden, it is my belief, did this draconian overreach to knock his Afghanistan debacle off the front page. Let me ask you how Israel is reacting tonight as one of the closest allies of the United States in the Middle East, how they're reacting to not only Mr. Biden leaving our own citizens behind, but their Afghan ally, our Afghan allies behind in Afghanistan, and what this administration has done to destabilize the entirety of the Middle East. Chris, when we see the pictures coming from Afghanistan, we are worried uh, here in uh, Israel, because when the U.S. is weak, the allies of the U.S. are even weaker. So uh, when you see the Taliban celebrating, it is bad news for us, it is good news for Tehran. And uh, I want to tell you that I served in the past as Deputy Minister of Defense. And when you deal with defense, you deal with the perception of power. So it's not about the might and the strength of the U.S. military. You have a very strong military. We all know that. But the perception of power, that's uh, the trouble that the U.S. has today. And we have the same issues with our uh, enemies. You have to make sure that not only you have the, the might and the power, but you need to have the deterrence, the perception. Uh, and I think in the near future, the U.S. will have to restore its deterrence against the enemies of the U.S. Brigitte Gabriel, Ambassador Danny Dannon, thank you both for being here on the Chris Nalcedo Show and rolling with the punches as we listen to the yammering and stammering of Mr. Biden. Coming up, radio host of the Todd Starnes Show. Todd Starnes is going to join us after the break to give us his take and political reaction to what many will classify as the, the most outrageous power grab ever attempted by an American administration. We'll be right back. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory, but I would do everything in my power. Just like I don't think masks have to be made mandatory nationwide. Well, that was then. This is now. Uh, that was Joe Biden back earlier this year, basically saying, oh, I'm not going to mandate vaccines. I'm not going to mandate masks. And guess what he just is attempting to do, ladies and gentlemen, doing that very same thing. Uh, I'm getting all of your emails. I see how upset and angry you all are out there about what Mr. Biden has done. Let me bring in Todd Starnes, a contributor here over uh, at Newsmax and also uh, a radio personality in his own right. Mr. Starnes, welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show. Glad to have you here. Uh, first blush, your reaction to what you just saw. Chris, I have to be honest with you. I half expected to hear tanks rumbling down American streets as the president was delivering those remarks. I mean, this really is a chilling assault and attack on civil liberty and freedom in the United States of America. And I have a message for our fellow countrymen, do not comply. The idea that you will have the federal government 
now dictating to private companies what they should and should not do to their employees is absolutely reprehensible and it's unconstitutional. And by the way, this uh, this outburst of anger uh, with uh, the president telling Americans to show some respect. How about you show some respect, Mr. President? Why don't you show some respect for I the am. United States military? Why don't you show some respect for the so United glad. States Constitution? I am so glad you pointed that out. Mr. Biden's entire tone was angry. How dare you all disrupt my illegal immigration push? How dare you uh, not show respect for your proper, your betters, your proper authority, the federal government? We're telling you what to do. It was a very angry uh, uh, tongue lashing and a finger wagging, Mr. Biden. And as a matter of fact, and I wanted you also to address this, Mr. Biden brought something up about when I came into office, uh, we only had 2 million people in America vaccinated. It was because the dang vaccine had only been approved January 1. And then he tries to say, look at this wonderful job that I have done all the way up until now. Yeah, if Trump had had eight months, he probably would have done a hell of a lot better. Exactly. Uh, look, uh, the president, uh, very angry here, um, tried to go off script a couple of times and it did not work out. Uh, I think the American people need to be very alarmed. I was especially troubled by the, the direct threat he made to Republican governors. And I have to imagine that was directed at Ron DeSantis in Florida, Governor Kristi Noem in South Dakota, just right off the top of my, my mind. Uh, what is he going to do? Is he going to drag the governors into jail? Is he going to throw them in jail if they don't comply? Uh, we are dealing with what could very well be a constitutional crisis here. But Chris, you know, looking long term here, we, we have a lot of unanswered questions. I've been getting a lot of text messages from faith leaders around the country uh, wanting to know, hey, evangelical churches, the mega churches, are they going to be forced to comply with this? Many of them have more than 100 employees. What about Christian colleges and universities? Are they going to have to comply? So there are, there are a lot of orders coming out today, but not a lot of detail on how that's going to be implemented. Yeah, the Associated Press reporting that Mr. Biden is trying to figure out how to fine American companies if they don't enforce these mandates. Something along, uh, we've heard reported by the Associated Press, we have to confirm because, you know, it's the AP, uh, $14,000 per offense if you don't enforce this on your employees. It's, it's draconian, it's totalitarian, and I, I'm just struck, Mr. Starnes, that here you've got Mr. Biden who never takes responsibility for anything that he does. And now here he is after his debacle in Afghanistan, after his debacle on the economy with inflation going crazy, his cr multiple crises at the southern border that he has fostered, including losing control of the pandemic, and he's pointing the finger at Americans and scapegoating Americans, typical of his party, yes? Well, it is, but, but let's be honest here, and I mean no disrespect to the elderly. But do we really believe here that that Joe Biden came up with all of this? I mean, do we really think that he has the cognitive skills and the mental capacity to to pull something like this off? I don't think so. And Chris, uh, I'm not a big conspiracy guy, but this smells like something Barack Hussein Obama would cook up. I mean, it really does. And I do have to wonder who is pulling the strings at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. When you look at some, this is something that you would see in a third world country. This is a crackdown on civil liberties in this country. And I would just have to urge my fellow countrymen, do not comply with these orders. They are unconstitutional. If you're a government worker, uh, do not resign. If, if they fire you, let them, let them fire you because then you'll have at least some grounds to file a lawsuit. But Chris, this is the line in the stand. This is the hill to die on, as yep. they say. And we've got to take a stand for freedom and liberty in this country. Todd Starnes, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Folks, we got to get to a break. Uh, everything's been, of course, uh, thrown out of whack here on the Chris Alcedo Show, as Mr. Biden typically does. He screws everything up. We'll be right back. My friends, uh, one last thing here. On Saturday, we'll mark the 
20th commemoration of the attacks on our country by a group of individuals, radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorists who wanted to harm America, who wanted to change our way of life. And now we see a White House, an occupier of the Oval Office, who wants to do the same damn thing. That's going to do it for The Chris Salcedo Show. Join us right back here tomorrow, 5 o'clock Eastern. That's when we break down all the day's big news stories. Spicer and Company with plenty to say about this. I am sure coming up next. Catch you tomorrow, 5 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax. Good Thursday evening. You are officially 24 hours away from the end of the work week and the beginning of the weekend. Welcome to another hour of Spicer and Company. I'm Sean Spicer. And I'm Lindsay Keith. Well, a lot of breaking news to get to tonight, Sean, including President Biden just wrapping up his speech on his plan to tackle COVID-19, where he essentially scolded the 80 million unvaccinated people there in America right now. Yeah, this was quite a speech. As far as I'm concerned, it was a distraction. But we'll get to that speech in just a minute. But first, I just got off the phone with President President Trump before the show, he was fired up about what President Biden did to the political and this political purge of all these Trump appointees from the military boards. As a reminder, by the way, tune in and set your DVRs right now because President Trump will be our guest on the show next Tuesday at six o'clock. Please spread the word, set those DVRs now and here today to weigh in on those scandals of those appointments. Later in the show, retired Army Captain and Afghanistan veteran Megan Mobs. She's coming up to tell us why she is is refusing to step down from her position on the West Point board. Yeah, looking forward to talking to her about that. And tonight, it's day four of our 9-11 Warrior Hero Series. The hero who brought Osama bin Laden to justice, Navy SEAL Rob O'Neill, has a message for the Biden administration over the Afghanistan debacle. He's here to tell us that. Plus, the man behind the largest maritime rescue in history is here, and the leader of Tunnels to Towers, Frank Siller. He's going to join us to talk about how they are helping Gold Star families. Yeah, all that's coming up in just a minute. But first, as we mentioned just moments ago, President Biden wrapped up his remarks pushing for this new vaccine and mask mandates, which are all part of this so-called six-pronged plan to tackle the pandemic. Take a listen to what he had to say. Oh, I don't think we have that quote ready just yet. But one thing he did fail to mention among those six prongs uh, was, and actually he didn't even take any questions, was right. why Afghanistan, anything about that. He didn't take any questions about, as we mentioned, the group of veterans that he kicked off all the service academies. He didn't mention a lot of things because he walked away again, interesting enough kind of become a pattern, isn't it? Here to weigh in on all of this is Maryland Congressman and physician Andy Harris. Congressman, good to see you again. Good to be with you. You bet. So, Congressman, in President Biden's speech, he said that the Labor Department is drafting a new emergency rule that will require all businesses with 100 or more employees to ensure that their workers are either vaccinated or tested at least once a week. According to senior administration officials, um, they are drafting this as he was speaking. How is this going to go over with your constituents? Well, I'll tell you, there are a couple things of great concern. First of all, if you just watch the president, he can't even read off a teleprompter now. I mean, he made numerous mistakes. It's almost painful to watch. But with regards to policy, you know, the fact of the matter is the president completely neglected the 100 million Americans who have had COVID, have natural immunity, and there is no reason they should be required to, to take a vaccine. But, you know, Lindsay, this is get ready for socialism. This is what it's about. The government controlling everything now, including businesses. You know, he really seemed to go after people who are unvaccinated. He, they they want to have their own choice when it comes to an abortion, but they don't want to tell them what they should do with a vaccine. It's kind of funny how they talk about your body when it comes to that, but definitely not when it comes to a vaccine. A huge double standard. Absolutely. There's no question about it. But again, this is the taste of what socialism looks like. This is what the taste of government-run health care looks like. You know, the example would be, you know, if the government decided everybody has to have an appendix, you know, an append appendectomy, remove your appendix, but you said, well, but I've had it removed. And they say, we don't care. We're going we're to give you an operation anyway. 
Why in the world would you want to vaccinate people who had the natural disease and now we know probably have superior immunity? It's because the president says he can force you to do it. That's the reason. He but says you know, he has the authority but and power. Can you? I want you to put your doctor hat on for a moment, right? I get this is a pandemic, but correct me if I'm wrong. The, the flu kills thousands of people every year, correct? Uh, absolutely, especially, uh, it's okay. especially dangerous for children in school. Hmm. Correct. But yet we've never mandated that people get a flu shot. And it seems like that's been going on for quite some time. Yet in this case, we're mandating it. And the and in the other case where the flu impacts us on a yearly basis, and it has been, that's similarly not a push. It, it seems like these guys want to have it one way when it comes to one issue, medical issue and not another. They just simply want to control your health care. They want to control your lives. They want to. They want this a top-down approach. The go he attacked governors who who just want to do what's right for their state. Remember, governors don't know best. Joe Biden knows best, and he has the power and authority. And he reminded us of that. I want to talk to you about herd immunity because that's something that we're not talking about anymore that we were talking about a lot. Dr. Fauci has flip-flopped on what that number was. I think he went all the way from 60 up to 90 percent. But there are over 70 percent of Americans right now that have at least one uh, vaccine shot, 54 percent who are fully vaccinated right now. So why is the White House so scared about talking about that? This should be we're moving in the right direction instead of forcing every single person to go get it. Can I also ask you, I want to dovetail on that. Uh, he mentioned 60 million people. Doesn't that, I, I, I'm not doing it off the top of my head, but it sounds like that would include kids under 12, if you're doing the math right, that can't be vaccinated. You're, you're absolutely right. Look, the bottom line here is the president is completely ignoring, again, the tens of millions of people, about 100 million Americans have had this disease. Natural immunity is actually better than uh, vaccinated immunity. So one of the problems with herd the herd immunity argument, it assumes that the vaccine is good against that variant. Well, what we're finding out is that the vaccines are not as good against the variant as the natural disease. So the whole herd immunity thing has to be completely rethought if what you're going to depend on is vaccination alone for herd immunity. I, I want to switch gears to Afghanistan because I know the White House wants to ignore it, and I don't. And Lindsay and I have made it very clear that we're going to stay on this issue. But the White House recently released a statement calling the Taliban businesslike, flexible. The State Department has referred to these folks as our partners. Meanwhile, we're seeing images like this that we're showing on the screen right now. Afghan journalists who had ugly welts and bruises after being beaten and detained for hours by the Taliban. Uh, and this, a Taliban member used a whip to beat a woman during a demonstration. I mean, this administration is now using, acting like these people are, are, are a government in another country that we're going to play with. These folks are terrorists. They're brutal. They hurt people. And we're kind of trying to, to, to make them seem like, you know, they're going to be good people to work with. Well, Sean, you know what the deep state and the State Department is like. Uh, they don't know what terrorism is all about. Uh, the, the, when, when the Taliban appoints a Haqqani family member to run their internal yes. security, you know there is a real problem in Afghanistan now. And they just, they're like ostriches. They want to put their head in the sand and pretend, they want to whistle past the graveyard, pretend that this is a civilized government. It is not a civilized government. It is a bunch of radical Islamic fundamental terrorists, and that's the way they're going to conduct their, their business. And we better, we better get used to that and have a plan how to counteract that. Hmm. I want to switch to our border here because that's also a crisis. And I want to play for you what Secretary of Homeland said today about our southern border. Listen. We are addressing, of course, uh, the um, annual phenomenon of irregular migration and the significant challenge at our southern border. <laughs> Congressman, there is, is nothing, this seasonal? There is nothing regular about this. <laughs> exactly. And they, they don't want to call it a crisis, but they will call it a challenge. At a time when we have refugees coming into our country, we're not sure how thorough these vetting processes are. Are you concerned about our southern border at all? 
Oh, absolutely. We're concerned both about adequately vetting these Afghan refugees, only a minority of who were translators or who worked with Americans. Yeah. Uh, the vast majority of them just kind of, they got, a, they got a ride aboard an airplane, you know, out of Afghanistan. Some of them, I think, are going to be terrorists. And at the southern border, again, there's nothing regular about this migration. We're probably going to have a record number, 200,000 people illegally crossing into the country. Some have COVID, some could be terrorists. No way to possibly vet these people. We have to close our borders. And, and I think we're going to have to send some of these Afghan refugees, the ones who were not involved with helping U.S. troops, I think we're going to have to send them somewhere else. Yeah. I, I, unfortunately, I don't think any of that's happening. Somehow they'll call it an extraordinary success, like they called the withdrawal. Congressman Dr. Andy Harris, thank you for joining us once again. Thank you. All right, coming up, Biden's political purge. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.